welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Shrink Wrap. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, We're going to talk about something that Fran deals with on the daily. (laughs) Why me? Because you said I could do the intro, and so then I get to say that. (laughs) Emotional reactivity, a.k.a. Anger Management 101. What are you talking about? <laughs> See, there she See, is. Becky's having a hot flash. She's, I'm just telling you, you guys, she was disrobing as we were doing the intro, and now she's half naked. If she would quit putting dollar bills in my bra, it'd be different, but here well, we are. Hey. Okay. Gotta do what pays. That's right. <laughs> Mama's gotta eat. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's do Fran's fantastic, fabulous factoid. According to, you guys have me so paranoid now about giving my sources, the Journal of Organizational Behavior and Human Decision Processes. Very good. Thank you. If it someone still sounds is, slightly made up, by the way. No, I swear to God. <laughs> Just a I, oh, she's evil. Evil. Okay, meanwhile, she's taking her pants off. But anyway, okay, so angry Boom, people chicka, often lose their ability to see problems from another's point of view, which hampers their efforts to resolve conflict. And so, in other words, they're not very empathetic. And number two, according to another study, Feeling angry alters the way we view risks. Studies show that it can make us more impulsive and we underestimate the chances of bad outcomes. Whoa. Don't you think that's true though? I do. Because you, a lot of people will say, well, I saw black and I, I didn't even know what I was doing. And then mm-hmm. God only knows what comes out of your mouth or what you do after that point. Right. I mean, I'm not an angry Italian, but well, I can only imagine. I know. I stuff my feelings down. Heavy cross way, to bear. Way, down. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, we're going to have her family on as guests next week. It's so true. Because what, what are you, what is your nationality? So I'm about 50% German and then 50% Scottish English. Oh, so you only have 50% ability to feel anger then. Right. So, yeah. As yep. a, as a Norwegian, I'm not sure yep. I, I have it, have it in me. But I feel like I have a lot of um, stiff upper lip <laughs> in the <Absolutely>. DNA. <laughs> And a lot of really wonderful qualities at those national. Of course, you do. You yeah. Do. So, as, as Lizzo says, you took a DNA test and found out you're 100 percent dab bitch. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so many people would agree with that, not in the way she meant it. Um, <laughs> so, as Fran, Fran does a lot of the research, if not all the research. Okay, all the research. I don't know. And that. on the sheet, it says anger is a bad habit. And as we were talking um, at our our pre recording meeting, I struggle with that because as I was telling Fran, I was always taught that no emotion is bad. And so when I read anger is a bad habit, I'm like, whoa, that triggers me. And yet, I think it is a bad habit. Mm-hmm. Well, but I've also heard that anger is a secondary emotion. Always. 
In my opinion. So unpack all of that. Yeah. Anger is a secondary emotion. I tell that to people all the time. Um, so you're angry because of other overriding emotions that you aren't able to put a finger on. So I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. I'm let down. I'm hopeless. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever it might be, but we don't know what to do with that because if you're not happy, sad, or mad, we don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And so we jam it into mad because we know what to do with mad. And I think that's where the habit comes from. Right. And to me, habit means what are you expressing through your behavior, right? Right. So I think whatever you do a lot of, you get really good at. Time and time again. You know, like me saying the F word, I'm a master, right? (laughs) So I mean, I practice that shit. So, but seriously, the more you just let that anger go unchecked, you're going to get very, very good at losing it. Exactly. And many studies have actually shown that there is a strong connection between this habit and bad health, such as high blood pressure, heart problems, inflammation, and psychological issues. Mm-hmm. And that one I agree with a thousand percent. And when I talk to people, I'm, I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is legit or not, or if it was something that, you know, Fran would get her um, source from, but it's, oh, it was like, <laughs> um, one minute of anger takes your body an hour to decompress from. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how crazy is that? And for me, I used to have road rage. And it was to me, it was just crazy that I could spend a minute getting mad at somebody who didn't go when the light turned green or doesn't know how to work a four way stop or whatever it might be. And then my body has to take an hour like I've donated an hour of my physical self Mm -hmm. to somebody that can't run a four way stop. No, see, but what Italians do is we eat healthy, we do the Mediterranean diet, so we can completely lose it. And then we eat fish and And veggies. It cancels it out. (laughs) It totally cancels it out. The bread doesn't of our German. Diets don't don't absorb as much of the anger. See, I thought bread would, and that's why I keep eating it. I highly absorb it. I eat the sourdough because it's got some, I don't know, weird thing for your gut. It's all good. Okay. In senior citizens, persistent anger leads to inflammation and chronic illness. And so obviously it hurts people of all ages. But I think there can be a positive thing to note that if you are intuitive or aware enough to know, oh, I'm getting really angry, that's a warning signal. That is your cue, so to speak. Like, hey, you need to pull that back a bit and give yourself a minute to consider, is it worth my health at this point? Is it worth an hour of my body's time? Right. Just because they don't know how to work a four-way stop. Exactly. Um, so we're going to talk about the different types of anger. Mm-hmm. And this is according to Randy Gunther, PhD. Mm-hmm. Randy with an I. Mm-hmm. And so one of the types that she talks about is snapping. And I've never done this. So this was really eye-opening yeah, for me. Oh, my gosh. All of these. I was like, oh, I've done that. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> Um, so snapping is often more of a bark rather than a bite. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's meant as kind of like that warning sign that you talked about earlier, but an outward warning sign, mm-hmm. do not approach, stay away. Um, this beach is closed because sharks. In the water. <laughs> um, there are many reasons why people employ this kind of like a rapid fire thing. And it's critical that if you are in any sort of relationship with somebody who barks, that it's important to understand why he or she is pushing away all attempts by you to connect. Mm-hmm. So just know that that's their way of saying, whoa, mm-hmm. danger. Right. And it could be someone in that situation fears intimacy. Like when they feel like you're getting too close, Mm -hmm. this is kind of their way, their method of pushing you back again. Right. Another style of anger is that, you know, if you can't get a resolution because you're angry, 
this can become a consistent pattern where the other person is just going to pull back. They're going to be like, you know what? I'm not even going to respond or I'm going to respond. I'm going to up the ante. Boom. You know what? You want to be mad with me? Let's go. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to show you anger. Like, really, you want to see anger? I'm going to show you anger. I heard that Italian coming out I know like it. strong. I know it. And you know, think about this, you guys. When have you ever like, Somebody was mad toward you, and then oh, yeah. you were mad back. When has that ever had a good outcome? Ever? Never. Never. I can relate to it, though. I'm like, you want to go? We're gonna, yeah. We're going to F and go right now. It's on. I know. but the, And I used to. I really used to yeah. be like that. But I have worked so hard to yep. just be like, when that happens, immediately, I just, zoop, it's like right. the window is closed. I just take a breath. I don't respond. Yep. And I'm telling you, it. the goodness that comes out of that is pretty amazing. I would agree. Yeah. The strongest person in the room is always the one that can keep their emotional reactivity in check, always. And that is a, such a true statement. And yet, I think it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their mind around. And so hopefully, we can help our listeners kind of um, learn some ways. Well, we're going to give you some ways. It's up to you to employ them right. of how you can work on this and be stronger, be the stronger one in the room. Mm-hmm. So then sometimes, though, it feels so good mm-hmm. to just let loose, right? Mm-hmm. You've been you've been the strong person in the room. Mm-hmm. You've not reacted. You've done all this stuff, but sometimes you get that opportunity to just let it, let it rip full, full sun. And you feel good. And you feel good for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But then what damage does that cause to the relationship? And then then you feel like a dick Mm -hmm. because you stoop to their level. Not just that. I I'll just, give you that. Yeah, I just no, I think do. you betray the trust of the relationship. Well, and that's assuming there is a relationship. Actually, as Brody was talking, I was thinking all of 2020 was a good example of that on social media. Yeah. Um, because there were, and I fell prey to this more often than I really should have. But somebody would say something absolutely asinine and stupid. And I would just rapid fire basically mm-hmm. saying, this is why you're asinine and stupid. Mm-hmm. And what did I do? I didn't prove anything. I didn't change anybody's mind. But I sure looked like a vindictive bitch. Mm-hmm. And it just, you don't feel, I mean, right away as I'm like, ooh, you typing away like keyboard warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you're done, you're like, I didn't do anything there. Mm-hmm. That was not good. Right. And ultimately, who do you want to be as a human? Right. I mean, we're, none of us are perfect. No. I mean, except me, but you know, that's I know. the OCD. We all just live in your shadow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But for the rest of you, I mean, you know, you try to do the best you can. So another form of anger is nitpicking. And this is where the person is constantly griping and sniping and critical and just mean-spirited teasing, that kind of crap. And basically, they are incapable of asking for what they need directly. So they're using these manipulation tactics because they feel that is the only way my needs are going to get met. Right. I, you know, when I was reading through that today, it made me think of, um, and we've talked about this in our dysfunctional relationship episode from Mm -hmm. season one. But um, those couples that um, take pot shots at each other Mm -hmm. and they think they're being funny, but you can just tell there's a grain of truth behind it and it feels icky and slimy and oily. Right. The nitpicking. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, in that relationship, um, the other partner's most typical response is to defend by counterattack. Oh, really? So you think that? Well, what about this? And again, it goes back to what you just said. It, it nobody comes out of that a winner at all, mm-hmm. and over time they're likely to to um, want to just like avoid this behavior and seek more positive support from others. Right, That's not good. That isn't good because you know. And I always say, you know, if you love somebody, whether it's a friend or family or whatever, treat them like that. Mm-hmm. 
don't do the little pot shots that you know are hurtful. Right. And I think, I mean, we can't overemphasize the damage this does to relationships over time because you're destroying the trust. The person is going to feel like this isn't a safe person for me to be vulnerable with, right? to connect with. And so I'm just going to keep going to somebody else to get that need met. Well, that's probably not a good thing. That's not a good thing either. I feel like the next one Brody and I are going to super relate to. Slow burn and eruption. Right. Walking on eggshells. You, you don't know me. You can only stuff those emotions down so long. <laughs> and that's just it. You stuff, stuff, stuff. You get resentful. You hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. And then, good Lord, when you blow, it is so rageful and yeah. so mean and expensive explosive, right? right? It's all or nothing in terms of anger management. And when we work with couples, we see this a lot where they'll present in our office about this great big ginormous fight they had Mm -hmm. over um, the Tupperware lids didn't get put away in the proper order. And they're on the verge of divorce Mm -hmm. because the Tupperware lids were put away in the wrong order. And it's never, ever about the Tupperware lids. Mm -hmm. It's about all the shit that took place that just got swept under the rug and swept under the rug. And so when this happens, the other partner's like, whoa, this is how we've always been doing Tupperware. Why Why are you leaving me? <laughs> why, why is our relationship over? And so they, they just are, they're left so confused. Right. Absolutely 100% confused. And they may try to resolve issues before the blowout. But again, it's kind of hard to know what you're trying to resolve if you don't know what's leading up to it. So they might try to always put the Tupperware away in the, in the whatever manner it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But since that's not what we're mad about, then another fight's going to ensue. I'm really enjoying the visual of all these men driving in cars with their wives being like, right. Why was it such a big deal? It's just fucking Tupperware. (laughs) So true. And then the wife is like, okay, if you don't understand it, yeah. I'm not going to explain it. Uh-huh. Right? I shouldn't have to explain it to you, right? <laughs> We've all been there. We've all done it. <laughs> but why do you think, because I am not one of these people at all. There is no slow burn. It's In Italian no. families, it's like if you have a problem, it's out. Yeah. It's just out. You just tell the person, okay, I'm mad because yep. blah, blah, whatever. Why, why, why do people do you think Hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. Do you think they feel like they are being saintly because they're controlling their anger or they're overlooking irritation? What do you, I think that's part of it. I think the other part is they might be telling themselves it's really not big of that big of a deal. I should just ignore it. Mm-hmm. But they can't ignore it because it really does bother them. Mm-hmm. And so then it can blow up. It could be um, triggering um, any sort of past emotional reaction, mm-hmm. you know, like, Maybe you got beat with Tupperware <laughs> 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 or you got beat when the Tupperware wasn't put away. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that triggers something. It's it's so hard to say. But the core of it is just say what's going on. Right. Because I think the cumulative effects cannot be underestimated. No. It's like you ignore this time and then you ignore next week. And then on the fifth ignore, boom. Yeah. And then your poor partner's left going, what the... Yeah. Where did that come from? Exactly. Another form she talks about is rapid fire extermination. I like her terms, by the way. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love them. This mode appears intended to annihilate. Yes, you heard Mm. that right. Like if anybody else is thinking Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're with me. Um, (laughs) Annihilate the other partner's status in the relationship. It is a focused attack, a verbal machine gun. Ooh. Ooh. 
using whatever is more likely to undermine and devalue any defense on the part of the other partner. Partners who use this anger style need to win Mm. at any cost Mm -hmm. by silencing the other and then immediately disconnecting. And when um, we look at that word win, you guys, there's no winning if this is taking place. Right. (laughs) Because you're going to end up with no relationship and then everybody loses. Mm Yeah. Yeah. And this I see a lot in couples therapy where one person is going to go to their grave, but they're going to be right. Yeah. They're going to be right. They're going to go to divorce court, but they're going to be right. Yep. And it's like, what is the, what is the underlying value in your relationship? Is the underlying value to prove to the other person that they're wrong? Or is the underlying value to uphold each other and to promote peace and harmony in your family? Exactly. That value needs to be, at least in my home, right. that needs to be way up there because yeah. I think that living in a peaceful home is like treasure. Yeah. So this brings to mind a discussion we had the other day at our house. Um, my daughter needed to wash one article of clothing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why, but she needed to wash it. And my husband goes, Puts, put another article of clothing in there with it because then they rub against each other and that's how they get clean. That's and, how they have baby and laundry. I, right? <laughs> That doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, my God. None of, either of those things don't make any goddamn so anyway, sense. No, wait for it. So I said, or that's just what the washing machine does. <laughs> you guys, I kid you not, he found, he found online an article no. that says why you should have more than one article of clothing. And, and then he sent a meme that said, if I had a microphone, it would be dropped. <laughs> He doesn't win the laundry argument. He wins the laundry in general because well, he is obviously the master laundry the man. Deal. He is the one that does laundry in our house. The kids do their oh, own okay. and then he does ours. So yeah. I really should shut my mind. Yeah, I would say he's going to go on strike and you're going to be in trouble. It. He found, he, you know what? He found it. He defended. He was right on. The clothes rub against each other. That's and such make, bullshit. Uh, and make no. baby laundry. No, I'm. That's, where do all the socks go then? You would think yes. you would have extra socks, but you don't. No, I'm I'm not going for that. You're one. waving the bullshit flag. Nope, All right, like I'll have Jim send you the information. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so as a result of rapid fire extermination, the other person basically over time is just like, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just yeah. going to stay silent because if I say anything, I've learned there's going to be a huge blow right. up. But the dangerous thing about this is what Gottman. Mm-hmm. We talked about a million times. Mm-hmm. What is this? What is this exemplifying? If the other person just shuts down stonewalling stonewalling yeah mm-hmm. called it and you know it made me think of so when jim and i went to marriage therapy um all those years ago i'll never forget what deb elhard told us and she said in every relationship or in a lot of relationships there's a turtle in a hailstorm and what does the turtle do when it's hailing sticks its head in right mm-hmm. and it just resonated because i am definitely the hail i know it's hard for everybody to imagine but I i'm know, the hailstorm and then you put a mental health degree on top of it mm-hmm. where i can sit down and say when this happened this is how i felt and this is what i think and there's a rare process motion blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and captain cpa who's a processor is like whoa and so i thought of that when i read this like if you really want to be heard slow it down right and acknowledge the other person. And what you're doing right now, exemplifying that, is you're lowering your voice tone. I do that, don't I? You do. Yeah, just out of habit. Yeah, and I think, but I think that's a good thing. I think yeah. we need to be aware of our tone when we get angry. Yes. Because, I mean, other people become like 
they can be triggered, but they can also become desensitized when you're like a raging maniac. It's like, boom, I'm out. Have you ever seen that where you have two parents and one is the yeller and one isn't? So when the one who's not the yeller, like that was my dad, when my dad would get mad and yell, Mm -hmm. we were all like, holy shit, take over. Yeah. (laughs) Because he just never got that that mad. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to say we tuned my mom out, but we were more used to it. Right. And you do. You just kind of screen it out. Yeah. Yeah. Another form of anger is hit and run. And this is where the person is just kind of waiting for the perfect moment to like absolutely unload (laughs) and then (laughs) leave the scene, right? So I think about this, like I've, you know, I've had this happen with couples therapy where they're in the car and the person's going to be dropped off. And right before they get to the destination, they're like, unloading and then boom, they slam the door and the person is left at the driver's seat going, what the heck just happened? You're like, what? Yeah. So in therapy, we were taught that's called, I want to say it's called a plop flop hmm. where you're like walking them out. You're ready to open up your office door and they go, oh, I probably should have told you that yes. I tried to kill myself last yes. night. And you're like, what? <laughs> We've been talking for 55 minutes and you think now's the time to bring that up. Right. And there's a, you know, there's a psychological reason behind it, but I think it's the same thing. Yeah, it is. Where it's, you know, I don't want to go into it, but I know I need to tell you. So mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you and then I'm going to exit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which is not to be confused with crop dusting, which is when, you know, you fart in front of the person, then you leave the scene, like in an elevator. Not that I would ever do that, but I'm just saying some people have done that. I've never done that at like a store. (laughs) It's it's not in an elevator. You have to be walking past somebody. How In residency, I remember my wife and her cohort had a very long standing, it, it was almost a would you rather of farting in an elevator. Is it the perfect time or is it risky business? If you're alone in an elevator, should if farting in it is oh, it yes. the perfect time or is it risky business? Mm-hmm. You don't know if you're getting to your floor in between uh, or if no one's going right. to come. And then somebody right. gets on yep. and they're and, like, whoa. Then, yep. Or if you do it in your office and Becky happens to walk in. Yeah, I mean, you know that's what I mean? definitely the perfect time. That's yeah. like, that was the perfect time. Yeah, crop time. dusting is when I'm looking at olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> and then as I walk away. Yeah, you're walking through Kohl's past yeah. the panini presses. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and then just, and Walmart like, goes explosion in aisle six. <laughs> <laughs> Hazardous waste. Oh, my goodness. Well, the hit and run styles can cause the other partner to become very resentful. And that is just never a good thing. Mm -hmm. And it depends on how often they can recuperate from that Mm -hmm. or whether they want to do a counter attack, a counter hit and run. Um, And then, boom, you're just having that um, give and take in not a good way. Another thing that um, Dr. Randy talks about is the cold withdrawal People who exhibit the style deploy patronizing robotic silence. This drives me apeshit. During angry interludes, their behaviors may last for a short time or for days and usually do not end until they get what they want. I almost threw up saying that. I just think it's such a gross way. I don't know why it triggers me, but it does. Could that also be known as passive aggressive or is that like slightly different? Maybe that's why it triggers me. I'm not a good person with passive aggressive. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this can really, like if that person, let's say when they were growing up, and I've had parents do this as a form of discipline, like I just didn't talk to my son for three days and my son's seven. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that just sets my teeth yes, on edge. Which to me is a form of abuse, really, I when agree. you've got children. So that young boy grows up and now his wife, when she's unhappy with him, just shuts down and doesn't talk for three days. I mean, you can see how that can trigger all kinds of stuff. And I also think you could see how he might or he or she might seek a partner out like that. Because I think we're often attracted to what we know, Mm -hmm. be it good or be it bad. Right. Yeah. And so that person just basically, if the other person isn't talking to me, they just give up and they're just waiting for that person to, I don't know, self-thaw or whatever and calm down. So when I hear of people doing the silent treatment, I often just want to scream, use your words, just like we say to Mm -hmm. four-year-olds, use your words. You're staying silent. Why? Tell your partner what you need or tell whoever it is what's going on for you. Yeah. Another form of anger, and I know we don't think of this as anger, is martyrdom. Mm. And this is the silent suffering. You know, it's that repressed anger where I'm blaming the other person and look how I'm suffering. Look how much they're making me suffer. And what I see with people is like when they get into this, this can become their identity. They take some kind of strange pride in being the martyr. Yeah. And I think we've probably seen this in couples counseling where one partner is like, I have done everything. Mm -hmm. I've done everything. And you're like, have you really done everything? You know, because here we are. So, yeah, and, and, and maybe they have, mm-hmm. but if that is so, then instead of being martyrish, withdraw and just say, okay, I've done everything. You've not met me. Now we're done. And what is the goal? I mean, right. do you want to be worshiped on an altar? Yeah, like, like, what do you need? What do you need? <laughs> exactly. What are you going to gain from this? Like, are you, do you automatically become a saint when you do this? I feel like you and I are coming across as the most heartless therapist right now. <laughs> Why don't you just, you know, the, the episode's over, pull your shit together. Yep, we're yep. the shrinks. <laughs> This episode called Suck It Up is brought to you. (laughs) So I want to take a moment and just say there might be reasons you do this. You might not even know you do these things. So Mm -hmm. we're being a little harsh on everybody. If you do find, and I, like I said, when I read through these, I found myself in a couple and I was like, whoa, you know, maybe I'm not doing it as much anymore, but there was a time when I did it a lot. Um, You know, maybe seek out a therapist and get some help for that. Um, but when we talk about martyrs, um, partners on the other end of martyred anger, st- they still rarely win. Mm-hmm. They don't always know what they've done, right? Because somebody's just silent. And so that's when I say use your words, because if, you know, Brody pisses me off and I don't say, hey, Brody, when this happened, it made me really mad. Brody doesn't know what to do. Right. If I just quit talking to him, mm-hmm. he doesn't know what he's done wrong. And so um, it denies them the information to understand and to agree or disagree. And so if I say, you know what, Brody, we get done recording at five and you need to have it uploaded by 502. Mm-hmm. But if I don't tell him that and I just get mad because it's 502 and it's not done, um, he doesn't have a right to say it. Becky, I'm not, I'm not even at my computer by 502, right. you yeah. idiot. Like I need a little bit more time than that. So I think it's important to give them that chance. Um, and then the other thing, the third thing is the murdered partner might feel noble. Again, we said that like, mm-hmm. oh, look at what I've done. I've done all of this. Right. And that's just it's sad. It's creepy. It's yeah, sad. It's ucky. Yeah. Another form might be escape. And so some people don't want to deal with any kind of angry interactions and will use any means necessary to avoid them, anything they can get their hand on. They might abuse alcohol or other drugs. Um, but basically what they're looking for is they're trying to escape whatever the situation is. And you can't always physically escape. So they will mentally or emotionally escape. 
And yeah. I'm, and this is tough like, one. this is conflict avoidance. And yeah. how many times do you hear this in your office? Like, I don't like conflict. I avoid conflict. To which, what do you always say to that? I say the same thing. I mean, I, I say, I think that why do we have to look at that as a negative thing that we need to come to the other person with, this is a concern. It's not necessarily a conflict. Cause here's what I say. Nobody likes conflict. Like I'm trained in conflict. I don't like it, but there's a purpose to it. I think there is a purpose to it. And And I think good ways to do it. Right. And I think that if I don't like conflict and you don't like conflict, then we have the double avoidance thing. And that's not good. And how long are you to be married? Yeah. And I think this goes back to the turtle in the the hailstorm a little bit too. If you're always just berating and, and in their face and in their face and in their face and in their face, and then getting mad because they are using an escape behavior to deal with it. I, I think you have to look at what you're doing too. Like, yes, they're escaping and that's not a good thing. However, you're throwing baseballs at their face every three seconds. Mm-hmm. And so they might need to escape. I mean, do you think that how you grow up, and I know the answer is this, but I'm just saying, yeah. how you grow up and what you've observed with your parents in terms of, oh. do they avoid conflict? Do they shut down and not talk for three days? How much of that do you you know, incorporate into how you act with other humans. So much of it. And that's what I tell parents. I'm like, listen, you learned from your parents and I'm not throwing my parents under the bus because they learned from their parents. And I read a book one time um, that said we are imperfect people who were parented by imperfect people. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to learn from that. And it's like, okay, do you not want your kids to do better? Right. So if you want your kids to do better, you've got to give them a better example. You do. I, I got to tell you guys a funny story. I just do. So when I was going to go to college, right, I went to Seventh-day Adventist colleges and mm. you, all through elementary, I went to private parochial schools, right? And so the college- this explains so yeah, much, Yeah, I know. Doesn't way. it? This is why yeah, I am the way I'm now. this more. <clears throat> so anyway, one of the colleges I visited was in um, California. So we're in this huge auditorium. It's my mom, my dad, my Nana, and my Papa. Why we brought Nana Papa on this vacation, don't ask me. But anyway, we're in the middle of it. We're sweating. Nana disappears. All four feet of her disappears. <laughs> and we look around and I'm mouthing my mom, where's Nana? And she's going, oh my God, panic, right? So anyway, it's hot. They let us out. I go running down the stairs. It's like multiple stairs. Nana is sunning on a picnic table and she has her mumu hiked up with her men's Hanes underwear. Yes. I'm not making this up. Yes. I don't know why she wore men's underwear. But anyway, leg the spread. The visual's amazing though. Leg spread. So anyway. Well, now I'm wondering about Papa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's got his Victoria's Secret lace bikinis. <laughs> So 4,000 people are released from the edit- from the auditorium. I'm running down there and I have this look of horror and Nana looks at me. What the hell are you looking at? And I'm like, get to the van, get to the van. So we all get in the van and Nana's like, this is what I'm watching with conflict growing up. She's like, I'm not getting in the van. I'm not driving. You people are crazy. My papa, get in the van. No, I'm not getting in the van. He's like, that bitch is crazy. Keep going. That's it. That's what we saw That's as conflict. Like, <laughs> I am serious. This is how you handle conflict. Oh, you act goodness. like crazy people and then you leave them in the street and hope that they eventually jump in the van. So let me give you the other German side of that. So I was visiting my grandma in the nursing home and um, she was uh, had a really wonderful roommate. We were talking and she was very upset over Cora's effusive emotional displays. 
And oh, who's Cora? Cora was her roommate. Okay. So this is Grandma Hulda. And I said, Grandma, like everybody loves Cora. Like what's going on? And she said, I sent two boys overseas during war and I didn't cry either time. Ooh. Yeah. And so I told my dad that this summer. And, and my dad was just like blown away. He's like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. She was a wonderful grandma. But yeah. there, was no, there was no I love yous. There no. was none of that. Yeah. Wow. There were really good homemade buns. Well, there going you back go. to the bread thing. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not love, but it's carbs. But, Whatever. But it makes sense. Yeah. When you, like, you just stuff it down. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, another form of anger is bank shots. I love this, where it's not, you can't argue just on behalf of yourself. You're going to drag in, well, uh, my mother says this, and the lawyer says this, and everybody else's opinion is going to be factored in to prove to the other partner how wrong and inept they are. Yes. And so, you know, this is... This is not fun for the person on the receiving end of this, right? Because how do you argue with a whole crowd of people? Who may or may not be there to argue with. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You're just getting the presentation. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's really hard. And you feel like you start to doubt yourself when you're on the end of that. Because mm-hmm. you're like, well, obviously all of these people say this. Right. And so I must be screwed up somehow. And you start doubting, you know, your own sanity and wonder if, if any of your thoughts and feelings have merit or are valid. Right. I think that's a tough one. I do too. So how can we get out out of all of these things? The things, the tips. Okay. So number one, think before you speak. What an idea. It sounds so (laughs) unbelievably hopeless for some of us who have hot tempers. No, but seriously, when I first started practicing anger management, and I did, I'm telling you, I did. I would picture in my mind's eye a giant red stop sign. Yep. Stop. And that to me was an immediate cue. I need to just go in another room because anything coming out of my mouth from this point on is going to really do damage. I have some clients that really identify with practicing the pause. Mm -hmm. You know, just take a deep breath, count to five, Mm -hmm. and then decide what you're going to say. But I have to physically leave the room. Right. Yeah. Either one is good. You have to decide which one works best for you. Mm -hmm. But when I say think about it, I mean, take a hot minute to think about, okay, if I say this, then this person is going to feel decimated or angry and they're going to yell back, or I'm going to get in trouble at school, or I'm going to get fired. Like think for a hot minute what actually the consequences could be. And I do the reverse of that where I practice the pause and I ask myself, what do you need understood right now? what what message are you trying to get across mm-hmm. and how can you best tailor it to the person you're speaking or interacting with okay see that's a lot of words for me right, when i'm mad right i can't do that yeah that, okay so that just must be the italian yeah name. it really is like no, to me that's deep, like scrambled. take a deep breath and well i'm very competitive i'm a hugely competitive person mm-hmm. and so basically what i'm saying is um how can i win this and Ooh. not not win like right. not in the toxic sense but what is my ultimate goal? Okay. My ultimate goal is to get us all on whatever page. Okay. How can I do that in a way where I walk away feeling good? Other people walk away feeling good, which is just kind of the flip side of the coin you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Once you're calm, express your anger. And I really do practice this. Like I Mm -hmm. felt angry or I felt disrespected when you said blah, blah, blah. Yes. And tone is really important. Yeah. I think it's hard, at least for me, not to be condescending in that moment, right? Or patronizing. Yeah, yeah. yeah sarca- not that I'd ever be sarcastic, no. but other Never. people like Bucky. <laughs> but anyway, you know what I mean? To be able to express it. And I think that 
Many times when I do that calmly, the other person corrects themselves like, oh, I didn't mean to make you feel that way or I didn't mean that at all. Right. Anytime I see tone is important. So everybody in my family, as I think I've said before, watches SpongeBob except for me. Mm -hmm. But there is an episode where they're like, watch your tone. And then the other person goes, what's my tone got to do with it? (laughs) So anytime that gets said in in our house, the other person goes, what's my tone got to do with it? And then we all start laughing. Of course. Um, Stick with ice statements. And this is actually one of the key components of communication mm-hmm. is I messages. And then the second one is feeling words. And so to avoid criticizing or placing blame, which could increase tension, use I statements. So when this happened, this is how I felt. I'm upset because of this. Um, instead of saying, you know what, you never do this. You never do that. You said this. Mm-hmm. You really hurt my feelings. Just say, hey, when this was said, my feelings were hurt. I honestly think if you start a sentence with the word you, the yeah. conversation is over. I tell people the other person gets a big middle finger up in their forehead, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not. They're yeah. just like, F you, I am done. Right. And so, but also you can use this to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when we were talking about this and I said X, Y, and Z, it was hurtful and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't handle this very well. Right. And I agree. And I think taking responsibility can really take the sales out of an argument, obviously. Yeah. I know there was a time when um, Allison was in high school and I unleashed, I'm not even going to get into what I said because it was, I had an out-of-body experience, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. And then I, I went back in my room and I was sitting down and I thought, what do you do for a living woman? Like, <laughs> seriously. Mm-hmm. I went back in her room and I said, I am really sorry for how I presented my message. I stand behind the message. Mm-hmm. You know, X, Y, and Z needs to happen. I apologize for how I presented it because mm-hmm. I did not need to talk to you that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, which oh, is, it was so ugly. Well, I think most parents have had <laughs> some ugly moments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, taking a time out. And I think, you know, these aren't just for kids. I think adults need to recognize, like, I need to step away. And I think sometimes couples should just have a cue between them. Like, if I hold my hand up, that means I'm going to go somewhere else. And you're going to be glad I did. With the goal being, I am going to come back and we're going to have, hopefully, a calm conversation. But right now, I'm seeing red and no good can come of it. I like to, I tell people, you should be able to come back to it within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Because I think you need to take that time out and ask yourself, okay, why am I getting upset? Where's this anger, this hurt, this whatever coming from? What do I need to get across? What's the message I need them to hear? And take up to 24 hours. But Mm -hmm. any longer than that, then I feel like we start pushing it off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it depends on what the argument is, but the goal ultimately is we're going to come back and resolve it. And sometimes it might take you several times. Yeah. You know, if you're really, really struggling with an emotional reactivity issue, it could take you several tries at this. Keep taking that time out. Exactly. I will tell couples to have a code word, Mm -hmm. like watermelon, you know, something very... Right. Identify possible solutions. So instead of focusing on what made you mad, work on um, resolving the issue at hand. So is it your kid's room that makes you crazy? Just close the door. Close the door, walk away, take care of yourself. Um, Is your partner late for dinner every night? Go ahead and make your meals later. Mm -hmm. You know, just look for some creative ways that you can solve that. Reminding yourself that anger is not going to fix it. The anger won't fix it. Right. Don't hold a grudge. This is easier said than done. But, you know, I hear a lot of people, you know, preach forgiveness, which, okay. But I think people misunderstand what that means. Like, okay, so you and your partner have it out. They say something really mean. 
forgiveness doesn't mean that you automatically forget the mean words that were right. spoken, right? right? So a lot of times you can work this out in your own mind and mm-hmm. your own energy sphere, like yeah. sending them like, look, I'm going to let this go. I'm going to work toward a higher good in our relationship. I'm mm-hmm. going to pray that, you know, or hope that yeah. things between us become more peaceful. It can. It doesn't have to be a verbal exchange between no. two humans at all. No, I had uh, a lady tell me in January when I was in Arizona, um, she told me about the Ho'oponopono prayer. Mm-hmm. Say that three times really fast. Yeah, how can you? Um, but it is a Polynesian, and, and use the term prayer loosely, um, but it is a step-by-step, basically, I forgive you, I forgive me, I wish you love, I wish me love, life is good. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I really like that. I like it's not, that too. not erasing anything, but it's just saying, you know what, it's not serving me, so... Mm -hmm. Let's let it go. I think forgiveness is attached to energy. Like if I'm not going to forgive and I'm going to hold a grudge, I'm holding Mm -hmm. negative energy. And that energy then can't be used for higher good or for better things, right? right? Yeah. I've had people do the visualization exercise where whatever they're like, so let's say I'm pissed. I'm picking on Brody all day today. Mm -hmm. I'm pissed at Brody. I imagine Brody is a balloon and I'm cutting the string and it's floating away and I'm done mm-hmm. or the situation or whatever. It might a be. bearded floating balloon. Yeah, bearded. Thank you for the vir- visual <laughs> You're so of that. Welcome. Okay. Okay. So practice relaxation skills. Mm-hmm. And these include all of the good things like practicing your deep breathing. I, what I like, because I am not a deep breather, I don't like it. I really don't. I it's, have a lot of trouble doing it. It's a polyvagal response and it's so good for you. I know it is, but okay. I really have trouble doing it. What I'd rather do is Sorry, like... hang on. What's a polyvagal response? <laughs> so your vagus nerve runs from the base of your brain until your... To spine, your vagina. To your spinal cord okay, bundle. Okay, sorry. Uh, what? Spinal cord bundle. And it's in charge of the fight flight. Otherwise known as a clitoris, right? <laughs> do I have that correct? If that's where you think your wife's clitoris is located... She needs to give you a lesson. <laughs> if she thinks that's where it's located, that's a whole other issue. Tune into the Let's Talk so About Sex anyway, episode. Yeah. It is the fight, flight, or freeze response. And there are some things you can do that um, can deactivate that response or actually completely shut it down. Mm-hmm. And so deep breathing is a way to slow down the fight, flight, or freeze response. And so if you were a client of mine and said, I'm not good at that, I would say, oh, it looks like we're going to practice it a little bit more every day. Right. Yeah. Because you need to get comfortable with it yes until you fly away yes yep. right you float away and i think and it really does activate the parasympathetic nervous system i'm not denying that and i yeah. do do it for certain circumstances it's just mm-hmm. not my first go-to mm-hmm. so like if i'm angry and i need to calm down when i go in that room by myself my little happy place I'm grounding myself in the present. So I'm saying sure. what are three things that i'm seeing right now mm-hmm. right what are three body parts that I'm moving right now, mm-hmm. three things that I'm hearing right now. Yep. That to me is easier because I'm such a hyper person. That is true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So the grounding exercises help me calm down. Right. Once I do the, that, I'm better then able to breathe. The yeah. yeah. The number one thing that works for me, and it is one of the most effective exercises you can do, and it's super weird, is a reverse Kegel. If your pelvic floor is relaxed, your vagus nerve cannot be activated. You can decrease your blood pressure in as little as 30 to 40 seconds. Okay, but I'd be afraid noises would come out. Like, what if you're in public? This, okay, this isn't your butthole. I know that, but noises can still come out. I guess well, I'm when making you... popcorn for this conversation. Yeah. Keep going. I feel like when you're old, that can happen. Oh, I care. 
We so, go. Wait, so no, that's actually a really good question because I, I cover this a lot with my people with anxiety and I had somebody say, so what you're telling me is instead of a Kegel, I should push my pelvic floor out. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Um, and then you could have some noises released by doing that. You just want to relax it. Just mm-hmm. let your pelvic floor be neutral. I do give the caveat, don't do it with a full bladder, mm-hmm. you know, because especially when um, you're our age or older, that that can be a little tough on things. Right. But it really can decrease your blood pressure. And it is one of the most effective things. I do it when I'm public speaking. I do it when I go to the doctor. Um, they're always like, oh, your blood pressure is amazing. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, Skippy it is. Right. For the yeah. next 31st seconds. Yeah. 33, 32. Yep. So, Listening to music, exercising, yeah. writing in a journal, doing a few yoga poses. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever it takes to kind of calm yourself down. Yeah. And again, all of this becomes a method of practice. So you right. have to decide, do I want to be really good at teaching myself to relax and not yeah. be reactive in a negative way? Or do I want to become a master of anger? And I will harp on meditation again a little bit, harp on its praises, if you will, um, that we have the studies and you can, you know, out there in Google and Google it. But if you do meditation on a regular basis, um, so more days than you don't. After about 30 days, your brain will reroute a little bit mm-hmm. and you will experience the effects of meditation even when you're not doing it. Right. And so I often encourage people just shoot for 10 minutes a day. Right. And that more is... More days than not. Yeah. Neuroplasticity. That'll yeah. be another episode. But yeah, that's... And a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. So we're the freaking shrinks. And that's a wrap. <laughs>